Bingo. Daryl D. James, welcome to the Edge broadcast. Hi, hey, good to be here. Hey, now, the, the Stetson doesn't intimidate you, does it? No, no, no. Because it's also not only, it's also a truth altimeter. As we talk, the, the hat is also listening. In fact, I went to uh, a series of, uh, of uh, um, topics out there at, in Branson called Gen 6, and a lot of it was about UFOs. And somebody recognized me from this broadcast. I was sitting out in the audience, and they said, they said welcome everybody here. And, and, oh, I see Daniel Lott's hat made it. I, I didn't make it, but my, but my hat did. <laughs> So it has, it, in fact, I think it's, it needs to have its own channel. But uh, Daryl, man, we're going to be talking about some uh, pretty crazy stuff tonight, and uh, you are in the thick of it. It, is, it has to do with the Navy's secret space program. But honestly, I knew and I have talked to others about the government's secret space program, but th- is the Navy's space program different than, say, the general military industrial complex's space program? Yeah, I would say it is. I would say the whole... Uh is Solar Warden is the Navy's space program. Um, I remember like the emblem was a, you know, an anchor with a globe behind it and it had a superimposed on it. Naval space command is what mm-hmm. it said. And that was Solar Warden's uh, emblem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say things like uh, space force and things like that. That's more like uh, that's air force. Mm-hmm. I would say that's more of air force. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, 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 um, I, I'm not really sure of the actual mission of uh, Space Force, but uh, Solar Wardens seem like exactly what the name says, like wardens of the solar system, kind mm-hmm. of like uh, guarding the solar system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was first told about it with uh, oh Gary McGinnon whenever uh, the executive officer told, asked me if I ever heard of Gary McGinnon, who is uh, – this was in England at the time. And it was only two years ago at the time, less than two years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was the guy that hacked into NASA and got a bunch of stuff about uh, – you know, off-world officers mm-hmm. in a file called Solar Warden. This was in a file called Solar Warden. Off-world officers and pictures of cigar-shaped crap over the moon and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us, wh- wh- how did you get involved? Let's get some of your history here from your, your enlistment into, to, the, to the Navy, I suppose, from there and get in, into what the program you got enlisted into. You said when I first started in the Navy or just yeah, when I started? Yeah, you, yeah, from your enlistment on to, to where it started getting crazy. Yeah, it was January 99 when I enlisted. I went to the Great Lakes, and uh, I became a CB, which is construction battalions. Um, I did that for five years. I went to Iraq in 2002. So I was in Iraq. Like, I got there, what, two or three days before the war started. So, yeah, it was pretty lively there. But um, And I did that. And then after that, I, I went to England. I, wanted, I actually wanted the cola. It was a... They call it cost of living allowance, and because mm-hmm. uh, the British pound was worth twice, twice as much as the American dollar. Plus, you got like um, isolation pay because it was out in the middle of like sheep country and uh, tin mining and things like that. So mm-hmm. we're out in the farms. But yeah, and um, I just I had watch one night, and um, I walked up and looked. No, actually, it was it was what it was like the second day I was there. I, I had a guy come up to me who worked in the garage with me. I didn't work mm-hmm. in the underground base; I worked in the garage. And he said, "Hey, do you want to? Uh, you have to go and escort some civilian workers into the underground base." And I thought that was strange because when I went in, um, I went to the quarter deck, and there were some sliding glass doors I had to walk through, and there was a metal detector. It looked like an airport metal detector. And uh, I just the the. British guys, the civilian guys, they didn't want to go into the metal detector. The first guy said, I'm not walking through that bloody thing. So I thought, well, I don't want to walk through it either. 
And uh, yeah, the, the, there was a guard behind like a stainless steel table and he said, no, you go through. So I walked through and I actually had to be escorted by um, somebody with a higher clearance than me because I only had a, uh, a secret clearance at the time. And somebody, somebody who had a top secret clearance had to uh, escort me. And yeah, I just watched these guys fix a pump and that was about it. And I noticed there were things like, you know, white, blue and red stripes on the ground. I found out later, like guys who worked on the bases knew this. And I lived in the barracks, so I listened to them talk. And it was uh, white was secret, blue was top secret, and then red was like above top secret. And there were certain halls where only red, you know, red went everywhere. White went to the fewest places, just mainly down uh, hallways, main hallways. Blue went to some rooms, but red went everywhere. And there were certain areas where it was only red. And uh, those were like hallways that were dark, very dark, no lights or anything like that. And um, yeah, it, so I did that. And then um, the I had watch. It was uh, balls to four, they call it, which is like midnight to four in the morning on a Friday. And uh, I saw Michael Aquino at the quarter deck which the quarter deck is like the lobby of the base, like the main area it's where you check in, where you, before you go on leave and things like that. And uh, he was looking through some files, some paperwork. And um, I said, hi, you know, he was, a, you know, what was a colonel. And I said, good evening, sir. And he said, how you doing? And I think he was probably looking through my files now that I, I know, I knew more about it. He was looking through whatever, he was looking up things on me, I think. And uh, we just talked for a second, and then I walked away, and that was it. And then um, guys started talking on the base, and I think they already knew that they were, they were going to get me into this program because they wanted me in this program. And um, we were playing, like, Halo one time, a video game Halo on Xbox. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the guys said, hey, did you see that uh, reptile today? And another one said, yeah, he he was big, but in my head, I was kind of thinking it was just like a reptile. Like, cause I had, you know, I hadn't really gone deep, deep into the underground base yet. And, um, he, he, um, another one, one of them said, yeah. And he talked funny too. And I said, what? And then, uh, the guy goes, Oh, right. You're new here. He's like, yeah, there's reptiles that live underground, the underground bases. And uh, I said, you have like, you know, four legged, you know, monitor lizards talking to you. And they go, no, no, they walk upright like us. And I said, really? And they said, yeah. And I, I thought they were just messing with me because I was new. And so I just kind of blew it off. And then um, I had another uh, Balls to Four watch next Friday, which isn't really common. So I did it on another Friday. And um, there was a first-class petty officer there, petty officer of the watch at the quarter, you know, sitting at the desk, and he was behind a computer. And I was just sitting down, and I had Rover Watch, which is like the guy who walks around on base, kind of like security, make sure nobody's doing anything or anything like that. And um, he points at the computer monitor, and he says, what do you think about that? And uh, when he pointed at it, it looked like a still black and white picture of a gray, like your stereotypical gray, like mm -hmm. looking up wow. at a camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, what, did you get that off the Internet? And he said, no, look. And when I looked, Next to that sliding glass door, there was like this big window that stopped about six inches from the ceiling and six inches from the floor. This is a very big, like large window. And there was this like this stereotypical like gray standing behind it. But it was more like a light brown, like a, it, was, it was like a light brown that had a bit of pink to it, like a hue of pink. And um, I was just really scared. Like, I didn't know what to do. 
I was just sitting there, and I was sitting, just sitting down. He said, do you, does it, do you mind if it comes in here? And I said, uh, does it mind if I look at it? Like, um, I didn't know if it was like an animal or anything like that, like if it would attack me. Because I was going to be, I was going to stare at it. And uh, he said, it doesn't mind. But like in my head, I remember hearing like, no, I don't mind. Like it said that. Hmm. And it walked out from the sliding glass door and there was an English guard behind him with like a green beret, like English, I think army or something like that. And uh, it had like a pistol in its hand. It looked like, like a brushed metal, polished metal, little small pistol. And his hands were really long. His fingers were really long. It had to like, carry its hands in C shapes or it would have like, you know, drug its fingers on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, so it like it could pick something up off the ground without bending its knees or back. And uh, I just got back from Iraq, so I started saying, gun, gun, gun. And uh, eventually it stopped. And I stood up and I yelled, gun. And it stopped and it showed it me the pistol. It put its hand out and it said, it's not a gun. And I noticed, like, the, the guy behind him, the English guy, the, the guard, he had the, his weapon at the ready. Like, he had it down, but not pointed at me, but he had it down off his, sling, off his shoulder. So I sat back down. And it just took apart, like, this... Uh, government issue Dell computer, just this old junky Dell computer that was on the ground. And that gun was actually a drill and it didn't have to like guide it in or anything like that. The bit in, it was just able to just do it one after another, like a machine. So, you know, it took the, I don't know, you know, eight screws off the side, 10 off the back, eight off the other side, slid the, slid the casing off. It popped out two gigs of Ram, put it on the table, grabbed two more that were already up on the table, you know, it was short. So I had to reach up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. slammed them in slid it back down and it kind of like flicked its hand forward and was able to like catch the screws in between its fingers and was just setting the screws that way every time. And it just did it almost just as fast. It was like eight, nine seconds. It seemed like it, and you know, it's mm-hmm. boom, 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 and wow. then put it back together again. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, th- then it just stood there for a while and let me look at it. And I, you know, I looked at that side and it kind of turned its head for me and I, I did the other side and it was just, Look, let me look at it and it moved its hands back and forth when I looked at its hands and uh, it was just smooth it had no navel, it had no genitals had no nails it was just like smooth it, and it looked kind of eerily like synthetic but like organic at the same time I don't know, like it didn't really have wrinkles or creases like flesh would have, it looked almost like plastic or something, it was mm-hmm. bizarre, look, very big black and it had a fold of skin from its tear duct going down to like its cheekbones wow and uh, after a while I got kind of bored with it and it just walked away. And the uh, petty officer of the watch said, do you think you could work around something like that? And I said, uh, I guess so. Like, I just, you know, I, I said, I guess. And um, he said, you're smart. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, like, really smart. And uh, I said, uh, you know, I said, what do you mean, like, 120, 130 IQ? And he said, more like 190, 195. Mm-hmm. And uh, he showed me a series of, like, lines, like, color-coded lines on the monitor in front of him. And there were two by itself. And he said, see, you're the second smartest guy on base. There was one line above me. And then there was a gap. And then there was like the rest of the guys like underneath. And they kind of like, it kind of went up and down a little bit, but they were just different color, color coded. And he told me that that metal detector I went through was like a complete scan. He, he was telling me things like you smoke, but you don't have any clots because I smoked at the time. And he goes, well, that's because you drink because I drank at the time. And he, yeah, and he was just telling me everything. Like that machine did everything, I guess. And um, he was asking me things like, you know, do you, do you have any hobbies or did you have any hobbies as a kid? 
And I told him I played classical guitar. And he's like, well, they'll like that. And he was just saying they. And I, I said, like, what do you mean they? And then he, he said, there's Germans up there. And I oh. said, uh, up where? And I was like, space? And he's like, well, it's kind of like that. He goes, but on the moon, too. He said, there's Germans in the moon. And, you know, but he really didn't call it space. He says, yeah, it's, it's something like that. It's kind of how he put it. And, uh, yeah, it, this was it when it was a lot. And I remember, like, kind of, I don't know. He was very nonchalant about it, and I, I kind of got upset. I, I thought, you know, I said, we should tell people about this, and I was kind of freaking out. And he said, you need to calm down. And he told me to take a walk, and I went for a walk. But, yeah, that happened. And then um, that mo Monday, because, you know, this was, you know, Saturday early morning. It was probably, I don't know, 1 in the morning or something like that on a Saturday. And then on Monday, the executive officer came to the garage where I worked, like my duty station. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the guys came up and said, you know, hey, the XO wants to talk to you. And I said, is that common? Because I thought maybe because I was new. Because they might call you to their office, but they don't come to you. It's very uncommon. Mm -hmm. And he um, he said, no, that's not. He, he said, no, that's this has never happened before. The XO has never come down to ask to see someone. So I went out and I started walking with him. And at first he was just small talk until we got to the uh, sidewalk. And then he, he said, uh, how does it feel, you know, to have a 195 IQ? And then somebody told me that, you know, on the base, a guy named uh, Lando, because he watched Star Wars. Everybody called him Lando, like Lando Parisian. And uh, <laughs> he uh, said that there was the, he said, you know who the smartest guy on base is? Because I was only the second smartest. And he said it was the XO. And um, so I told him that and he was like, well, who, who told you that? And I kind of, you know, told on him without meaning to tell him because I was like, well, I'm only the second smartest. You know, I said, you know, but you're the you're the smartest person on base. And he said, who told you? And I went to I said, and I said, but everybody knew because everybody was coming up to me and saying, like, why are you a CB? You know, and the guy in the quarter deck asked me, like, why are you construction battalion if you have such a high IQ? And I said, I have a marijuana paraphernalia charge when I was 19. So. All I could do was construction or be a cook. And um, so I told him that. And then he said, he asked me if I ever heard of Gary McGinnon, what I said before about hacking into NASA. He said the only reason they didn't extradite him is because he would have been able to call witnesses and it would have blew the whole lid off Solar Warden. Um, he said that if I volunteered for this program, I would be able to... Uh, I would pilot a four kilometer long starship. I'd, I'd make commander wow. and I'd pilot. Yeah. And he said it looked like the ships from uh, Battlestar Galactica, is how we put it. It looked similar to that. And um, yeah, so I was thinking about it. And when I walked through the machine, I told him, I said, uh, my father had a heart attack when I was young, when I was around 19. And I said, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't have any kind of warning or anything. It was called a Widowmaker. He just had a clot, and it just broke off, and he died. And I said, if we had a machine like that, a scanner, that could tell your clots and everything, read clots, I said it would have saved his life. I said, why isn't why aren't things like that brought to the public? And he talked about, you know, population control and things like that. And then I, I thought about it, and I said, um, you know, 20 years is a long time. He told him about the he well how he put it was he said you volunteer for the program we'll put you in the program for twenty years you'll uh, we'll send you back in time twenty years wipe your mind age regress you twenty years and then you'll wake up in bed like nothing happened 
And I said, uh, you know, I could believe in time travel and, you know, going back in time and getting your mind erased. But I said, I found, you know, age regression hard to believe. And he said, uh, after what you saw, you know, just saw, you find that hard to believe. And I said, well, touche, sir, but I do. And uh, he didn't really seem to want to convince me any further. It seemed like a waste of his time, and he's kept carried on. And I asked him, you know, things like, 20 years is a long time. Can I have a family? I was like, you know, can I have children? Because I thought, you know, I was, what, 25 at the time. So I'd be, what, 45 by the time I got back, almost as old as I am now. I'm a little bit older now. But, uh, yeah, he said, he said, you could have, he said, with your scores, you'll be expected to have children. And I said, well, what happened to my children? And he said, they'll be taken care of. And I said, well, I, will, I ever, will I ever be able to see them again? And he said, no. And I said, well, that sounds very sad. And he said, uh, Mr. James, and he's calling me Mr. now, which is only officers call each other Mr. And he's already referring to me as an officer. And he said, Mr. James, I guarantee you won't remember anything. So I thought about it, and we walked a little bit further, and I agreed to it. And I shook his hand, I saluted him. And I said, uh, he said, one more thing, Mr. James, you're going to be escorted by a reptile, and he's big. And even with that story I just heard, I really didn't know what he, like, I, I really wasn't wrapping my head around, I don't know, reptiles that walk upright. You know what I mean? I, I just, I never really gave that a thought early in my mind. I never, I wasn't into, you know, UFOs <laughs> and things like that. So I didn't right. really ever, ever think about it. And um, I shook his hand, saluted him, he walked away, and that was that. And then um, another time we were playing that game Halo again in the barracks. And one of the guys, we were waiting for the next game, and one of the guys said, uh, I, I think he was, I think people, well, it was a small command, so people knew I volunteered for it. And, uh, and I think I was, we were talking about it in the barracks, like openly. And this one guy said, oh man, I volunteered to be in the secret space program, and I was on the moon, and I worked in mines, and uh, your only motivation to work was sex, and they had all these brothels there, and if you didn't work, you know, they, they shock you they had shock collars around your neck and if you didn't work hard enough or if you're in a group and somebody in the group didn't work hard enough they shock everybody and uh you know i said uh i, I kind of thought maybe he the executive officer said that to everybody and they just wound up being in mines so i thought you know i asked him i said well the xo came up to me and said i would be a pilot of a four kilometer long starship did he say that to you and he said no nah, man he said you're gonna be up there he's like they're gonna be take good care of you and he's he this he was talking about this like this was normal, and I was looking around at the other guys, and they were just like, "Yeah, people volunteer for this on this base." Sure. And uh, all of a sudden, like a, a feedback came into the room, like a, I heard a feedback, like a micro microphone feedback, and it said something like, "Now hear this, now hear this. You are now in violations of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, Articles, you know, uh, fifty nine and sixty or something like that. If you don't stop right now, you'll." be you know fined up to a hundred thousand dollars and 10 years in prison that'll be all and it went away and i said what was that and they uh, i i know i looked around and i said is, is there a speaker in here and one of the guys said with their technology they don't need a speakers and i said well what is it what was that and he said uh we shouldn't talk about it anymore because they're listening and then the next day that guy uh lando came up to me and he said did you hear that voice in the room and i said yeah and he said, uh, it's something called, uh, he said, do you see those rectangular blocks on the towers? There was like a dish, a tower dish by the underground base, and it had like these blocks. And he said, that's 5G technology. And this was like 2003. 
So, you know, I, I had never seen that before. He said, yeah, they can actually um, take a microwave beam from that tech, uh, 5G technology and put it into a room and they can hear everything and see everything and look around. And if uh, they want to talk, they can talk to you, too. They can talk out loud. So, you know, nobody has to go to your room and bug it or anything like that. They can just monitor you with this, this 5G tech. That was news to me. And, uh, yeah, I moment. Uh, well, there was another time, and this was like the night before, maybe a couple nights before, and I was in the TV lounge. It was maybe a, a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday, and I was going to leave on a Friday. And uh, I was in the TV lounge, and the, the door was open, and right across the hall, there was a guy and his door was open. And it was almost like one of those things where he wanted to hear me. It was like they were trying to acclimatize me to the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard him say, they're going to take you into a density chamber is what he called it. And he said, uh, most of the ETs we deal with are fifth density and we're only third. So they're much, uh, they're too strong, too fast. And uh, their IQs are much too high. They're much too intelligent for us to work with. He said, so you, you're going to go, from artificially from third to fifth density, you're going to become strong. Your IQ will go up 200 points and you'll become more of a collective, like in a group. And um, so I just heard that. I remember this guy talking about it. And when I came back, I remember him saying, I was in the TV room again. And I remember him saying uh, he wasn't ready yet because of what happened. And uh, yeah, so I did it. And, uh, you know, it was a Friday and I showed up with my working blues, my Johnny Cash, as they call them, because you wear, like, all black, like the man in black, you wear a black tie, black shirt, black pants. And uh, I signed, I signed like, this much papers, this many papers, like a... That sounds like government right there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a book. It was like uh, buying a house. You know, there was the same uh, petty officer of the watch, and he he was, you know, signed here, initial here, signed here, signed and he was flipping the pages for me and doing that, and I had X's already. And then I I started reading it, you know, and he said, well, if you try to read this, we'll be here all night. And then I started getting, the, you know, cold feet. I didn't want to do it. And he said, look, you're already back there. So just sign the damn papers is what he said. So he was saying I already came back from the future and I was being age regressed. I, I was already in the underground base being because age regression takes a little bit of time. And. Uh, yeah, so you come back a little early. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That was kind of eerie. And I, so I signed everything. I sat down and uh, I was just waiting and I, he got on the phone and said, all right, send them in. And um, I waited a few minutes and I was kind of daydreaming. And he said, all right, go with him. And I looked up and in that same big window, there was this uh, really big reptile behind it. And um, he was dark brown and he had like ridges going down his head. Like that, he had like alligator eyes, and his mouth went like straight across and then straight up. And um, you could kind of see little teeth peering behind like his mouth, but no lips, no 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 real nose, anything like that. Kind of this slits, flat face, and uh, no ears. Big, and he was muscular. Very, his shoulder muscles were huge. He was wearing one of those tight blue suits that you see. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I stood up. And I said, you know, Jesus Christ. I said, he's not going to eat me, is he? And the guy said, you know, he's much stronger, much faster than you. If he wanted to, he would have eaten. He would have, you know, killed you and eaten you by now. Wow. And uh, when he said that, the thing sighed like it heard me, you know, like I did like a three second inhale and a three second exhale. And uh, I said, he's not telepathic, is he? Because the last one was. 
And he said, yes, he's telepathic. And I remember in my head, I said, sorry about that. And um, so I was, you know, nervous, got up real slow. And there was a different guard this time that came out. And he was like a skinny kid. And uh, so I eventually started walking and I walked through the doors. When I walked through the doors, I saw it come out of the room. Like it was like a kind of like a separate room. It was almost like a way to get you ready to, for what you're going to see. It was like this, this separate room. Yeah. Getting, getting you ready. And we, we walked in the underground base and um, we we're walking deeper and deeper. And the kid kept on like butt stroking me in the back. And I didn't know this, but he was an off-world German. I asked the executive officer this lately. So I didn't realize the situation I was in. I was already like a slave. Like, I didn't know, like, what I thought I was just still in the military. And, uh, yeah, he was hitting me in the back. And at first I thought it was because I was looking around. So I just started looking forward. And he kept on hitting me in the back. And I said, you know, please stop hitting me. I'm not looking anywhere. And then again, he hit me really hard. And uh, so I turned around and I grabbed his weapon and I put my leg behind his legs and I threw him on the ground, knocked the wind out. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, if you hit me with this weapon one more time, I'm going to shut up your ass sideways. And he, he kind of scurried back, stood up, and then he looked at me and looked at his weapon, looked at me, looked at his weapon, and I just held it out and he grabbed it and he ran off. But I heard the reptile say, leave us in a very deep voice. And, yeah, he took off. When I turned around, the reptile was just right in my face. Like he took a step forward and he was like flexing all his muscles to show me how big he was. And I remember seeing like his eyes peering over his chest muscles. I was looking straight up and he was probably about nine and a half feet tall. He was very tall, very tall. And um, I remember I said, I'm sorry about what I said before. You're much more civilized than him. And they, the only way you can tell that they're mad at you with reptiles is their eyes get, like, small. They don't bare their teeth. They don't have muscles, like, just like a reptile. And his his eyes just got uh, wide again, and he just turned around and started walking, and he said, follow me. And it, it kind of opened up more. It got bigger as we were walking. And, um, like, the underground base, we got into, like, bigger, bigger areas, bigger rooms. And I remember seeing, like, bicycles leaning up against the wall and, like, golf carts. You know, and we were gradually walking downhill. So, you know, somebody had to go somebody somewhere far. They could just jump on a bike or golf cart. And uh, we eventually got to, like, a catwalk. We walked up, and there was, like, a room with, like, an airtight door with the wheel on it and everything like that, a watertight door, airtight door. And um, we walked in, and it looked like a, a gas chamber chair. And it looked because of the sealed door and everything, I thought it was a gas chamber. And, I remember they showed us one in elementary school when I was a kid. They put it in a trailer and they showed us the gas chamber to like for the dare program. To, so we wouldn't break the law or whatever. And it scared me as a kid. And so that memory came back and I got really scared. I thought it was trying to kill me and I tried to get away. I ran and it grabbed me and threw me in the chair. It started strapping me in and I was struggling to get away. And um, it like headbutted me. I think it was so fast. I didn't know what happened. I blacked out for a couple seconds and I came to and, he was working on my right leg. He had my right arm and working on my right leg. I was starting to unstrap my right arm. And uh, he said, uh, he put his hand against my chest and I feel like his fingers up here, his palm right here. That's how big he was. And he said, don't make me hit you again. And he leaned in when he did that. So I took my thumb and I just jammed it right in his eye. Cause I was right. so I was cornered and I was scared. Mm -hmm. 
and he kind of just leaned back and closed his eye and he just leaned forward and pushed against my chest until it collapsed and went my, until my chest pushed up against my heart and I just blacked out. I woke up and I was all strapped in. I remember he said something like, I'm sorry I have to do this to you. And he started like doing something in the room, but he was like facing, you know, this way. It was like near the wall. So I could only see his peripheral. I couldn't really see what he was doing. He was like pushing buttons or something. I, don't, I have no idea. And then he walked out of the room and he sealed the door. And I, I remember I was like hyperventilating because I was thinking maybe if I hyperventilate, I'll pass out and I won't feel it. <laughs> and, uh, but then I felt something, and it was more like an out-of-body experience. It was kind of like um, weightlessness, kind of cold, and then, like, I was at peace. And that was, like, the density chamber. It was pushing me up, like, to an artificial fifth density. And um, I remember I came to, and I was already unstrapped, but I was still sitting down. And I looked over to my right, and there were three guys on the floor, like, on a mattress, like a king-size mattress on the floor, and they looked like they got picked up from the club. They were wearing this, like, you know, button-up shirts and things like that. English guys that maybe got picked up from the club. And then I uh, looked in front of me, and I saw the back of the reptile. And it was kind of gesturing like it was talking, but it wasn't talking. And then there was this guy who looked like a Gestapo, and, and, you know, in front of him. And he was facing towards me, but he didn't know I was awake yet. And he had, you know, it looked like, you know, like a 1940s like undercut slick back with pomade kind of shaved on the sides and back and uh he was blonde and he was wearing like a black leather trench coat with you know the boots and everything and uh i slid down from the chair and i said um can i i said something i said can i go to bed now because i was really exhausted and kind of out of it and i fell down to my hands and knees and i saw his boots come into my perf my my vision and i said uh he said, I should have you executed for what you did to my man. And then he said, do you hear me? And I kind of just fell over and fell on my side. And the reptile said, it doesn't matter. He doesn't remember. And then um, I remember being carried like a duffel bag. Like he had me under his arm and, you know, my head was to the back and he was right on my bladder. And I said, I, you know, I have to pee. I said, can you put me down for a moment? I have mm -hmm. to pee. And it wasn't responding. And I said something like, I'm going to pee on you. And I just kind of passed out because it was really like weird. It was almost like it was this feeling was it was like intoxicating, I guess, it just this higher density, a higher kind of form of enlightenment. Like it was almost like a, you're at a, you're at a higher level of enlightenment. Kind of thing. And. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And then Robert told me later on that he took me through something called looking glass it's in under it's it's in an every underground base there's looking glass technology and it, it took me through a portal to the uh, moon and the moon is kind of like a, a taking off point for ships and things like that they take off from like the dark side of the moon that's why you don't see a lot of ships take off from earth and um yeah i remember all of a sudden i saw a bright light and I looked up and I saw like one of those big round hospital like operating lights with the little LED lights everywhere that you see everywhere now. But this was a long time ago and I've never seen it before. And um, he sat me down on like a hospital bed, but it was very big and wide, like meant for one of them, like a reptile, something big. And the chair was like that, too. And I found out later that the chair was actually reptilian technology, Robert told me, because uh, mm. we have the ability to go up naturally one density. Like we can go from third to fourth through things like uh, meditation because, you know, astral projection because fourth density is like the spirit world, like astral plane, spirit world. 
but he said reptiles are fourth density and they live in that density like the the spirit world but they don't have the ability to go up one density through concentration in the fifth and fifth is like uh you're more uh like Spiritually and technologically advanced beings are, are like fifth density. They still have to use technology. They're not so high up there. They're in like ninth density. They can't just cross the universe with like a thought. They still have to use tech and all that, all things like that. But yeah, so I remember he told me that about the whole densities. And um, he sat me on this bed and there was a woman. I heard like tearing, like ripping and tearing. And this woman was putting like heart monitor stuff on me, like stickers, like he said he has to urinate, and I heard one long tear, and he put, she put a catheter in me. And I asked her if I could hold her hand, and cause I, like I said, I was almost like I was drunk or drugged or something. And uh, I passed out. And then I, I woke up the next day, and um, I was by myself in this white room. I didn't know where I was. And she came in again, the same woman. And she started doing tests on me. Like, at first it was things like put your fingers between mine and squeeze and you know, it's just things like that. This, this like a physical she was giving me. And then she uh, had a smart glass pad, which are those like clear plastic. They're not, I don't know if they're, they're not plastic, but they're like clear pads it's based off the smartphone is based off of it. And uh, she just put both her hands on each corner and an image appeared. And then she put her hand on the image and brought it up. And it was like a picture of like a person, like a, just a generic person. And she mm-hmm. just put her finger in it and spun it around put her finger and they put her hand in the heart and open it up and you see the heart and the vast, you know, the, the all the wow. circulatory system, things like that. So she was giving me like a physical with this machine. And she asked if, uh, she said, I'm going home. And I, I, you know, I didn't want to be stuck in that room all day again. And I, I said, uh, I don't, but I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want you to leave me. I said, I said, I don't know. I don't know anybody else. I said, don't leave me. And I guess she liked that. She just stopped and she grabbed my hand and she took me out. And, uh, when I came out, it was very hustle and bustle. It seemed like a shift change was happening. It was like a, there were men on the ground walking, and behind me there was like a train. So these men were getting on a train. Like I was on like one – it looked like you were inside of a courtyard or like a condominium is what it looked like. And there were like lifts, but there was no railing or anything like that on the lifts. And it just they just lifted up, like hovered, like anti-gravity kind of thing it looked like. And uh, there were women on balconies. It was probably five floors on these like condos or whatever you want to call it. And they were waving. They had, some of them had babies and they were waving. They were like waving at the men going to work. And uh, so she she took my hand and, and took me to one of these lifts. And we just went up and went straight to a room. We just went forward and went to a room. And I remember seeing a woman there holding her baby. And there were no railings on these sidewalks. And she was like on the fifth floor with her baby and there's no railings. And I said, aren't you afraid of falling down? And she said, no, you can't fall down. And she just stepped out. And there was like this invisible field on every floor, I guess. And I, I said, well, you know, how far does it go? She goes, oh, it goes all the way to the other end of the wall. She said, the kids play on it. They're not supposed to, but they do. And um, so then this woman took me in and she, uh, the room was really Spartan. It was just like white with a, ca- it had like a couch, coffee table. There were like bar stools. It looked like a kitchen area bedroom bathroom she took me into the bedroom and uh we started to kiss and then she stopped and she said uh well, what's your name and i said i don't remember and she said come on think everybody remembers their name and i thought about it and i said daryl and then you know we started kissing more we wound up you know having sex and i was 
laying on like the the head of the bed and she was on my chest and I just kind of dozed off and I woke up and I was back in England. It was like that. It was just like, boom. And I, but I remember those, that first day, like it was just like, I don't even know how I got back. I remember seeing like things of like, I remember seeing different beings, like there was flashing. I was almost like I was having a dream of like a bunch of flashes happening. I saw like, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed beings. And I remember seeing like reptiles and I remember being in a lot of pain and I didn't know what was happening. And I just woke up. And uh, when I woke up, my, my uniform was on my chair in my room in the barracks, but it was facing me. And it was like the shoes were tucked up under the chair and the pants were laid down over the chair and then the, the shirt and then the hat. But it was like something I never would have done. I, w- I would have just taken my uniform off and, you know, put it in the, in the closet. I still had my socks on, you know, and it, I never would have, I never, I've never would have stuff with my socks on. And um, I got up and I was kind of like freaking out. And I, I remember I was saying like out loud to myself, I was with a woman, like what just happened? I was, just, I was with a woman and with, with, I couldn't figure it out. And I put my hands through my hair and I had like burnt stubble on my hand and I went down my chest hair and I had burnt stubble. And then we had a full, I had a full body mirror, like in the, in the barracks. And I was very toned. Like I was in a, I was in very good shape. Like I was in good shape because I was in my twenties in the military, but I'd never been so toned, so much definition. And then I walked out and the, one of the guys was like waiting for me. And he said, congratulations, you made it. And I said, what? And he said, 20 years is a long time. A lot of people don't make it. I didn't know what was happening. And, and I missed Saturday. I woke up on a Sunday. It was like, I completely <laughs> missed Saturday. And uh, yeah. So I don't know. That's how it kind of went from there. And right. everybody in the bears. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, let's uh, take a break on that story there and get some of our viewers. Uh, lots of questions coming in here for you, Daryl. Uh, try to keep those, the, the answers a little short because there's a ton of them in here. I'd like to get everybody so I possibly can. Are, uh, this from Believe says, Daryl, are you personally, do you personally know Max Spires? No, no, but he's one of the few guys I listen to. Uh, I have listened to. Yeah, I don't okay. listen to too many people. Okay. Anyway. All right, put y'all away first. Uh, were you ever part of the Comet uh, Elenin mission? Things like names are, are fuzzy for me. Mm-hmm. The names I do remember are things that, like, the executive officer told me in person. Okay, okay, all right. Um, Rose says, I had encounters with reptilian aliens, and one of them wanted to jump through a portal that he opened. I didn't do it. Uh, what have, would have been the reason the reptilian aliens would visit uh, her? Why would, why would, re- well, obviously you were visited, but what she's asking, why was I visited? Would you know why are, do they, I think the larger question is, do they analyze certain human beings that they look for certain traits? Do they snag the DNA off of me and 21 and me or whatever that thing is? I mean, why, who, why do they pick who they do? Including yourself. It could be that. It could be DNA. It could be bloodlines. But it's also their fourth density. So if you think about one too long, if you know of one, or if you even this is kind of like where Satanism gets into the picture. You can mm-hmm. actually because they are fourth density, which is like spirit world, astral plane. Mm-hmm. You can actually conjure them, which is a real oh. thing. And then yeah, they they can create portals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, if you think about one for too long. So would you suggest if somebody thinks this is some fun and games, especially when, you know, you get some mm-hmm. guys out here watching shows and, hey, wait a minute, he's talking about having sex with aliens, man. So, you know, might get titillated by that. They might try to conjure one. Chances are they're going to end up with some kind of demon like an incubus or a succubus. So I, I suggest that they don't. By the way, welcome to the live chat. Additionally, is Jericho, Australian Ben, Curious, and Tammy Hall. All right, uh, Daryl, let's get to another question for you. Uh, do you believe in the moon landing? If so, why haven't we gone back? 
Uh, I, I can believe it was real, but I, I can also believe that they probably got scared off by the reptiles or the Germans that were already there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why we didn't go back. And we do go back, but in the sense of portals, <clears throat> in the sense that we have a contract with these negative beings, or we did. I'm not sure if we do anymore. Mm-hmm. And we have to give them so many people mm-hmm. <clears throat> every year for, you know, basically to be slaves in this program. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Doreen B8951, is there a such thing as Planet Nibiru? Everybody's always talking about that. I, I, I don't know of that. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Believe says, Daryl, what was the purpose of your job? Originally, it was I worked in the mines. Well, yeah, I was told the timeline. I spent three months in the mines of the moon, and then I was in the Dark Fleet, which I, I did pilot, but I also did things like infantry kind of. And then I was in Solar Warden as a pilot like the rest of the time. Or as Robert said, I was with them, which is like the Nordics is what the military calls them. Nordics. All right. And Arc, uh, Arc Bob says, uh, you mentioned the reptilians. What about the large humans known as the giants? Uh, can you describe their appearance or height? Is giants or reptilians? Well, I can't differentiate here. Uh, no, it'd be, it'd be humans, I guess. The, did you see giant humans? Yeah, I mean, uh, like the the Nordics, when, a lot of ETs, when they get older, they live thousands of years, a lot of these ETs. Mm-hmm. And as they get to a certain point where they get into old age, their bones begin to grow again, and they get very tall. They, I've seen like 14, 14 and a half feet beings, but they're very mm-hmm. skinny. They're not, you know, because they become very slender, only their bones grow. Mm-hmm. And I never really saw a big hulking giant that you would think of. You, you mentioned uh, you were surprised that uh, the reptilian was standing there. And then here's a picture or a, a, a portrait of a, a typical Garden of Eden where the serpent appears to have been walking upright. And I remember you said earlier that you were surprised. But it seems like reptilians have been walking upright for eons of time. Um, now, are they the main uh, uh intercessors between other civilizations and ours because it seems like there there's more reptilian information i mean people talk about grace but not so much and you mentioned the nordics and then you you know the palladians there but the reptilians they seem to be like the the thing are they the head or are they just the nasty ones or what's the situation here well i was told we got into a war with them we once worshiped them like gods a long time ago like babylon babylonian and sumerian and things like that but egypt uh, I met like a reptile, which was Michael Aquino. Uh, that that goes further on in the story. And yeah, he was. He told me he was once worshipped in ancient Egypt. He, he somehow like took his consciousness and was able to possess the body of Aquino and use it almost like a puppet. But it was actually a reptile underground. And yeah, we got into a war with these negative beings. We we got outside help uh, from other ETs. And one of the, part of the con- part of the deal of their defeat was they had to live underground. They didn't have to mm-hmm. live. You know, they didn't have to leave the earth, but they had to live underground and they've been infiltrating us through our religions and things like that ever since. All right. Uh, why are they abducting humans? I mean, it has to do with our, a lot of it has to do with our DNA. Our DNA is very malleable. That's one of the reasons it, it could be almost spliced with almost anything else. We have a lot of different DNA strands from a lot, a lot of different uh, ETs from different, different mm-hmm. worlds. I think that beings from different worlds. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it has to do with, uh, that also we're actually very creative we're, we're good engineers uh, we don't we just don't live long enough that they uh they shorten our lifespan purposely mm. because they're afraid of our true potential bastards all right um so 
you, you suggested there are brothels here. Now, where, where, where were they in in space or on a planet or on a ship? Where were the brothels? It was in the the moon itself. Yeah, and that was like your only motivation to work was like uh, brothels in the moon. Or where'd they and get, they would, where'd they get the women? They would get kidnapped too. They would get, they would get taken too. I remember oh, seeing like a group of like, them. Yeah, is that maybe from the southern border, probably? I mean, it could be. I I, I don't I don't really know about that, but it, I, I I mean, there were women women get you know people volunteer, people get put in through what you call it um uh, contracts, generational contracts, mm-hmm. not just you, but like your you know your grandparents. People who are Freemasons and things like that, they sign, you know, generational contracts mm-hmm. where it can affect not just them, but their children or children. children. Okay. Uh, so, like so the question came out, were there men prostitutes as well? I mean, you're already talking, you are talking about the Navy. No, 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 it wasn't, there was no men because it was the men mostly did all the work. There was like mining and things like well, that. Good. The men did the work. Yeah. And the, but the women were also <laughs> like, they're also nurses and things like that. And but, there, but there are a lot of rear admirals in the Navy, aren't there? Yeah, I suppose so. All right. Uh, Virginia Boy says, how far away did you travel? I mean, when I asked Robert about it, I don't know the exact light years or anything like that. But he said I, I had been to more worlds than him. And this was the executive officer that was very old. He told me he'd been age regressed 17 or 18 times. And he was around 400 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's from the year 2580, mm-hmm. where everybody looks like Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, <laughs> I wouldn't, I, you left me speechless on that one, man. All right, um, now Jericho asked this kind of a tongue-in-cheek question here. And I, I don't know, it's a little political, but it says, can we uh, can we get them to grab the liberals and take them to another planet? I mean, we've all been deceived. So, I mean, okay. I, I think there's going to be an awakening period okay. coming up pretty soon. All right, all right, and back on the back on the thread of thought here. Is it true that when we see new technology, it's actually 20 years old? Oh, I would agree with that. If not, yeah. I mean, of course, that's, even, what, that's that's what yeah. was said in in, in the movie uh, Enemy of the State. Uh, you know, the guy said, whatever you, you see, we're 25 years, whatever you're using. And you also in the first hour, Daryl D. James, you mentioned the 5G network. And now if we're trying to get everybody on this 5G network. Is there a sinister part of this network that that's why they want everybody to be on it? I told I was told in the beginning, yeah, there was, but I was also told that the positive people in the military, it's mostly going to be the military. Mm-hmm. He told me about Trump becoming president, but he said Trump's just a figurehead. He said it's mostly just the military, not just the United States, but all around the world. And yeah, he said that they're getting, you know, control of these negative technologies that were going to be used against us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be used for more positive mm-hmm. in the future. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably happening right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's changing hands. All right. And we probably got Biden piloting a geriatric ship. Uh, here's believe it says, uh, Daryl, are you a Christian? Yes. All right. Um, now how does, how does, so, all right. So how does your Christianity tie into this? Do you, do, do you see parallels? Does the Bible become more, alive to you if you read it i mean do you see parallels or you see you know for instance i just showed you that garden of eden depiction of the of the reptile and reptilians are mentioned throughout the bible do you see do you think you have a a clearer understanding of of end time events as a result of your experience with the navy secret space program i don't know about end time events but i asked the executive officer because i was being tortured by a kino the reptile whatever it was and it was black 
it was very it was like onyx black shiny did it look like black. this one here no he was he was he had almost like a long snout with fangs and gold like alligator eyes well, but well was, this is alligator eyes kinda, fangs. Kinda. all right yeah yeah okay but i mean yeah yeah i mean i i i said um in the name of christ what do you want and he said stop it stop saying that and then i thought about it and i was i said it you know in the name of jesus christ i command to let you go Mm-hmm. And uh, he started undoing my straps. And I said, you know, I said, and he started talking to a Satanist that was helping him, helping me torture me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, in the name of Yeshua, I command you to stop talking to him. And this mm-hmm. was just like a hunch. And it worked. And he stopped talking. But then, you know, the Satanist got caught onto it and knocked me out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked, uh, I asked Robert, the executive officer, that's his name was Robert. His first name was Robert. And I asked him was, you know, uh, Jesus was Jesus Christ real and he said one of the first things people do when they get looking glass technology is they ask to see Christ and he goes yeah he, he said yes he's real and uh, his name holds power is what he said hmm. now w- were you a Christian when you were fornicating with the alien yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean hey I mean, man I don't, know, I don't know if you call me practicing but I mean yeah I mean I, I always feel like I, I always felt like I was a Christian yeah Okay. Well, I mean, now if anybody's judging that, you know, and obviously it's not something a, a, a professing Christian would want to do, fornicate with an alien. But on the other hand, I don't, I haven't met a Christian yet that's perfect, and everyone has sins, and uh, you know, so if it wasn't for Christ, we'd all uh, uh, be be the end of all of us. But uh, so anyway, I guess that's a matter of where the line's drawn. All right, Rose says, uh, do you know anything about the my labs? No, but I mean. I- I know, I know the underground bases are pretty bad, and there's, there's, they have the adrenochrome harvesting and everything like that. Mm. All underground bases do that stuff. So there's so, actually so, caverns, huh? So, so Jim Caviezel is right. They are harvesting adrenochrome. Yeah, and, and yeah, there, there's, there's caverns underground, the underground bases. So the guys that actually work on the base don't know, but there's like a sat- satanic clique that works on the base, and they're straight up satanists. And they work with the reptiles, and they get that's how they get the drug. Mm. And I, I think I, I think I may have been Jim Caviezel said it, but uh, somebody said recently that adrenochrome is like four times more potent than heroin, and, and the elite are just addicted to it. And you know, eighty-five thousand missing children on uh, from the border, and and uh, one half of the country could care less. All right, here's um, uh, Jericho coming back with this, and the Bible says nothing about aliens. So how can Christianity and aliens both be true? I mean, I, I can't answer that for him. I, well, I now, you know, the classic answer to that, and there is some truth to that, is it doesn't mention airplanes either. Mm-hmm. So uh, everything, in fact, uh, Jesus said about Jesus, everything that he has done, the books of the world could not contain what he has done. So we only have a small uh, window. And in fact, beyond that, it also says that we see through a glass darkly, and then we shall be known even as he is known. So right now, Everything is foggy to us as humans in this dimension. So we may not see everything. So certainly, but in fact, the Bible does mention aliens. It says the prince of the power of the air, and uh, that's who our enemies are, and that's where the controllers come from, the air, and that's where the 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 um, the uh, station of the aliens seems to be right there. So clearly, it does mention alien powers in the Bible. All right, uh, is uh, during B eighty nine fifty one isn't Project Looking Glass for looking into the future? It's for looking into the future. You can go anywhere. You can go in the past and the future. And it, it, he told me it was 94% accuracy. He said there is a 4% uh, 
another outcome and a 2% variable. Because he was talking about Trump. He said there's a 94% chance he could win. There is a, uh, you know, 4% chance that Hillary Clinton would win. And then there was like a 2% variable in the sense of like Jeb Bush would win or something mm-hmm. like that. That's how it goes. So but yeah, you, you can walk and you and you can walk step through the looking glass. That's why they call it looking glass mm-hmm. technology, and show up like in the past or in the in the present in that timeline. We had a guest on the program that said they were part of the government secret jump program, and they they claimed that Obama was a participant in this jump program. Have you ever heard of that? No, no. I'm and I think it's jump. talking about jumping through time or jumping through space. Now, when you're talking about time traveling, and you you mentioned the word uh, age regression as a result of that, how far in the future did you go, or how much age did you lose? What's give us a little bit more detail on that? I was 20 years, and but they also at the end of your 20 years, they ask you if you would like to do another 20 years for a total of 40, mm-hmm. because there is. No uh, psychological damage until 40 years. How many years did you? How many years were you in the Navy and or or in the secret program? In the secret program, I was in. I, they gave me like a two-year extension, I believe, and I so it was like two, 22 or 23 years. How old? How old are you now, Daryl? I'm 46. Are you retired from the Navy? No, no, I'm not retired. No, I got out after that. I got out. You of, got out. Uh, yeah, I had a bad time. Yeah, because I had all these memories that I couldn't make any sense of. Okay, you said early in the first hour that you love or play the game of Halo. Mm-hmm. How many hours a day did you use to play it? Oh, I don't know. It was kind of like a, you know, living in the barracks. It's kind of like a college dorm where mm-hmm. we were hooking the machines up mm-hmm. through a cable, so we we're playing big teams against each other. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I was playing once a week probably for okay. a couple hours all right so week. what it wasn't just daily uh, constantly every waking moment on it yeah yeah and, and the reason like i asked because it would seem uh that's a pretty violent game to begin with but wouldn't you think that the government certainly has the ability and probably private enterprise as well speaking of google youtube or facebook or who knows who have the ability to uh, impregnate within those sequences uh thoughts or uh, ideas that you would not even know that you're receiving. And it could possibly be that you were brainwashed in some way by these games with a, with a kind of a writer inf- information coming through that you can't detect with your normal senses. Yeah. I mean, they, cause you, they say you're at a different wavelength of like, you're at like that hypnotism, you know, brain pattern, whenever you, mm-hmm. you watch even television, they're not just video games, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, you're much, much more easily in, influenced, but I mean, I think a lot of the video games, especially the combat first person mm-hmm. shooters, are probably funded by the United States military. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot of those first-person shooters, mm-hmm. if not all of them are, yeah. So uh, def, my follow-up question would be, how do you know for sure that you haven't been programmed through those video games? I mean, I was told to the by the executive officer, like when you get out of the military, you get to talk to the, the, the top three in command. So I talked to the master chief, who was an off-world German, and then I talked to the executive officer and the commanding officer, and the executive officer told me all this stuff, like in person. Because he didn't want me to think. I don't think. I think he he knew I wasn't going to go back in the chair and get my mind rewiped, because I refused to do that. So I think he was just trying to. He said that most people commit suicide within the first six months to now, have uh, now, memories of the twenty did, years back. When they did the mind wipe, they didn't use that MIB light thing, did they? I think it has to do with the chair. When you get into that chair, I think it does that as well. The, it wipes your wipes your memory. Okay. As well. Does it only? Are they able to wipe only the memory of you? Say, well, obviously they didn't wipe your memory of having sex with the alien, but obviously, and you relay a whole lot of information. So what part of it did they wipe? Did you get they the memories back? 
they can do like point A to point B. They can't take like uh, little pieces out here and there. They can only do like from kind of like Men in Black. They can only do like from this time to that time. But it's not it's not foolproof. And since and he told me he said you're you're gonna remember your memories in real time is how he put it. So as I as I'm making new memories in this different life, I, I remember them here. So it's like I remember the beginning and I remember the end, but the stuff in the middle was fog. But it's almost like when I get up in the morning and I'm making eggs and I'm washing dishes or something mm-hmm. like that, I kind of get memories here and there, almost like a dream I had that come back to me. And yeah, it, like I said, if if he didn't tell me this personally, if a captain in the Navy didn't tell me all this stuff personally, I would have just blew it off. Of just, it's just my imagination. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had a captain tell me all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so is this, he was afraid. Is this secret space program still going on with the Navy? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I would say it's more like positive now. I would say Solar Warden has the solar system under lockdown right now. And negative ETs can't get in or out. I don't think anybody can get in or out. Right is now. any of this technology, has, the, has our government received advanced technology from, from them? Defensive? Oh, yeah. They call it ET tech. Yeah, they even that's what they call it. They call it ET tech. That's what, like cell phones it, and everything else, smartphones. Would, would that make... China wary about starting a nuclear war with us or World War Three in any, any term? Do that they would know that we have alien technology that could just wipe them out. I mean, they may have it too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the the ETs would do the whole thing that yeah. you know we do to each other. That you know, oh hey, these guys they took this weapon. You might want to take mm-hmm. it too. You might want to sign this contract too because the Chinese signed the contract. Maybe that's how they got us into signing contracts with all these negative ETs. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Uh, Jericho says, are they hostile or friendly? And either way, why don't they make themselves known? There's always these, uh, there are, as you know, there's always this cat and mouse game with these aliens. Uh, I always used to say, you know, I'd punch one in, in his big black eye, uh, you know, similar to this guy sitting here behind me. But, uh, you know, wh- where's the big revelation? Why are they playing this cat and mouse game? Well, like I said, part of the contract was they had to live underground. They couldn't be directly into our, our lives anymore. Contracts are very big for ETs. They, it's like a karma thing. They have to follow contracts. It's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's just, I mean, we're just a, one world in a, in a very large universe. And a lot of ETs, they, you know, they don't really want to come here or anything like that. And the ones that are here... The, the more negative ETs that live on the ground, like I said, I think they're being routed out by our own people and by positive ETs, or they're being taken out of these underground bases and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So. Uh, a viewer asked this question to Daryl. Why can't people see anything on the moon uh, with a telescope? Well, I mean, I'm sure they do have cloaking technology. And it's also another thing that we were talking about with ETs, as, as there are different densities, we're, we're artificially kept at a lower kind of um, existence. Uh, our, our enlightenment is very low. We're, we're artificially kept low. We should be at fifth already with the other ETs. Yeah. But we're artificially pushed down at low. So they could be doing things. Like I said, a fourth density being could be, you know, in your room and you wouldn't even know it unless they wanted to show you their presence. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of on that different spirit world kind of plane. Mm-hmm. What plane do you operate on? I think I'm with everybody else. I think I'm on the, I'm the third density with everybody else. Mm-hmm. All right. Curious says, Daryl, have you ever been threatened for exposing all this? No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I was told some things by Robert. I was told that, you know, 
I have positive beings looking out for me, things like that. And, and higher density beings can manipulate lower densities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully they're they're looking out for me. Mm-hmm. You said you're a Christian. Do you believe angels are looking out for you or uh, alien beings? I mean, like I said, it's, it's a higher plane of existence. So, you know, m- maybe, you know, those very high planes of existent beings, we used to consider them you know, angels at one time. I mean, maybe they are angels in a sense. I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Okay. Now, like I said, it's just a higher plane of existence. Okay. Put you all way first is Daryl. Was the looking glass also called a chronovisor? I don't remember that. Uh-huh. Okay. Australian Ben from down there asked this question. Is the secret space program mostly based out of Antarctica and is it a force for good or bad? I would say any underground base has a secret space program. And I would say in the beginning it was for bad very much. But now I would say it's more positive. And I would say, like, I mean, as you said, with this uh, movie coming out with the child traffic and everything else, Mm -hmm. this is coming to light. You you can't just throw. I was told we couldn't just throw everything at the public at once. He called it Mm -hmm. like soft disclosure. We have to slowly like plant the seeds so that people are ready. Otherwise, nobody would be able to accept right. this nobody you know so we have to slowly well yeah i mean it. that's kind, kind of how <clears throat> kind of how uh, not to get too political here but in the beginning uh remember obama used to say you know people just want to cohabitate you know he was against gay marriage and then oops just remember gay marriage is good so then it became gay marriage then it got gay marriage and then it got oops we need drag queens and then oops we need child mutilation and oops i mean so you talk about that that's that's the classic way. I mean, just that, that topic, just taking that topic as an example, there's a lot of them that you can do that with climate change problem. Another one, but you know, the gradation, because if we were told what the end of it was that uh, say 10 years ago, if we were told America was told that, Hey, you're three, they're going to operate on your three year old. And regardless of your permission and, 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 and mutilate them and uh, put their penis inside and then have some uh, drag queen screw them. I mean, you would, you would literally shoot that person saying such a thing then but you can see where you just little by little so you know now the public is now now we are where we are we should have said no the first time it worked out better all right uh belief says were these were these hook can can i add something to that yeah i was told by robert i was told about uh harry hay and i didn't know who that was Mm -hmm. and uh harry hay started the gay rights movement in the 50s and he said that yeah and he was telling me that's how they slowly implement things and he said that the guy, Harry Hay marched in NAMBLA, which is North American Man-Boy mm-hmm. Love Association, mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s. And he said that the gay rights movement from day one was funded by the CIA to eventually make pedophilia acceptable to the American people. Mm-hmm. Because once a, civiliza- once a civilization accepts pedophilia, it falls almost immediately. Mm-hmm. That's well, why it was we're, done. We're about this, this close to the legalization. I can tell you that right now. And that's why the military stepped in, too, he said. He said they start castrating children. They start. They try to make pedophilia legal. And he said that's why, like, the positive people of the military stepped in, because that was, the, that was the, the, the last straw, he said. They stepped in and did what? To stop all this. And, and you're starting to see it now. You're starting to see with, the, like I said, the movies and the, the propaganda is changing. And in my opinion, I, I think a lot of this stuff is coming to light. I think, and mm-hmm. like I said, people can't accept it all at once. It has to be, they have to you know, take small bites mm-hmm. to eventually figure out mm-hmm. that, you know, all these people that you, you're these movie stars that you worship and these, uh, these singers and, you know, Hollywood and the, mm-hmm. you know, they're all in on it. They're all into this, you know, adrenochrome thing. I was told mm-hmm. that, you know, Tom Cruise was on my base mm-hmm. because he was the main distributor. 
of adrenochrome. And he got he got really? adrenochrome directly from the Satanist, the underground base and stuff like that. Wow. That's a, that's yeah, a, and Tom that, Hanks was like the, the that, that's team. a that's a name. Now I believe Tom Hanks because there's something about him always having a picture of a of a shoe of a little child, one shoe that he, he for a while he put out these pictures. Nobody knew what he was doing. Now now I understand what he was he was broadcasting. He probably got a whole whole cachet of adrenochrome. And that's the other thing here. Every conspiracy theory that was spoken of in the last two or three years has come true. Every single one of them. And I I noticed when. Uh, they're talking about uh, the left was talking about Jim Caviezel's movie, The Sound of Freedom. They're saying the adrenochrome, you know, Q, it's Q and on, you know, it, we're making this stuff up. Well, no, you're 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 a cooperating witness. You obviously have some firsthand knowledge about it, and it is not uh, is not being made up. It is an actual thing, and it's a conspiracy theory that in the next couple of years, you know, somebody's going to start marketing it like they legalize pot distributors all across the country. They could probably legalize adrenochrome distributors too as well. All right. Question. And panicking. Yeah. Like the mainstream news is panicking over it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Has, so somebody's already asked that question. Let's see. All right. Uh, Daryl, are you mates with, uh, have you ever heard of a Lieutenant Colonel SC or Andrew Basagio? No, no. All right. And I know Andrew Basagio, I believe was a time traveler. He was on this program. Somebody's referring to that. Daryl, uh, are you DD 214 classified? Classified. Well, I have a DD-214 in what way? Um, all right. I'm not familiar with the classifications, but the follow-up question on that was, what security clearance did you have? I just had a secret. I could handle crypto and stuff like that. I was a radio man when I was in the CV, so I had a crypto. Okay. Yeah. All, all right. Uh, and, again, we were, we were talking mainly concerned with these reptilians. Um, I've always said uh, if you uh, – um, tell a joke they'll pop a scale and uh, kind of makes them mad but uh australian Levine says do you know of any of the known uh, elites that are reptilians say such as zuckerberg or elon musk well like i said I, I know i know of uh they're able to i was told by a guy on base they can extract a consciousness from a person that has to be before puberty but it can't be too young because the body's mostly sedentary. So it can't be three or four years old. That's be around nine or 10. And then like one of these mm. reptilian beings can actually possess the body. They have like technology to extract the soul of the consciousness and the body just kind of sits there and just waits around until it's, it's uh, possessed by this reptile. And I know, so I know about that. I know that's how, it, that's how much I know about it. Mm -hmm. Anyways. All right, Curious says, Daryl, are ancient buildings and sites such as the pyramids, uh, Machu Picchu, and others alien tech? I was told that, yeah, like the Egyptian pyramids were things like very high tech as far as, I think they were power sources. Robert was telling me like they were actually, they, they could generate power. But then other other pyramids like uh, the Aztec pyramids and things like that, they were kind of just like loosh factories, which is like negative emotions and things like that, like mm -hmm. The fear and, you know, things like that for reptiles. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you mine when you were on the moon? I believe mostly like titanium. ETs have a way of uh, smelting titanium to make it much stronger than us, ours. But it could just be for the fact of just punishment. Many people were on the moon, like myself, were there for just punishment. And it was also that like to motivate you to work. Then you did sleep in the brothels. And that was a big way how they got the children for adrenochrome harvesting. They would put them through portals and the underground bases. And, yeah, they would keep them in cages, and they would never see, like, the light of day. And they would electrify the cages, and that's how they caused the adrenaline to, to activate. And then they would uh, put a, a needle in near the base of the spine. That's how they they would extract the adrenochrome. Mm. 
notice the other day there's a video uh i, I believe uh biden was maybe in the netherlands or somewhere and you've probably seen the video where he starts uh, biting on this little girl uh someone's holding this little girl and he's biting on her nibbling on her and and her face is just complete terror and she's turning away trying to get away then he's then biden lunges in for the kiss or lick or what sniff did you see that video yeah kids know yeah kids know when a, a person so is no to, good but to me that i mean it, it is clear as day that child was terrified and i think that uh, children have a sense sort of like animals do you know you have a dog if a dog senses you have an evil spirit or, or an evil person or a, a bad man it knows it also knows if you're a good person too as well, well i think a lot of animals have that instinct and i think children have that instinct too but my what i'm thinking is that was an act of how one of the ways that this creepy nasty looking retard of a man joe biden goes in for this kid terrifies her because he's reenacting what he does all the time and that is scare kids get their adrenochrome running i think that's his normal behavior and that's why he did it was natural to him to do that to the child yeah they're in such a bubble yeah they, they, they just expose themselves all right um does the space program treat any of beings like their royalty i mean I, I was I was treated that way for a while, but I mean, not permanently. I mean, not all the beings, not all the beings are bad, you know. If that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them are positive. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's just it's just like regular. It's just like with people, there's a positive and a negative, and that's just the way it is. When's the last time you saw a, a reptilian? What year, date, or something? Not since I came back. That was what, uh, 2005, and uh, probably 2004. Probably two, yeah, 2000, 2000, wait, I started a program in 2003, so yeah, 2003 uh, is what the last time I saw. You, you mentioned, I, I think you mentioned in the first hour that the reptilians, because they don't have muscles in their face, that they're, you can tell their attitude by their squinty bug eyes, but did you also say that their pupils go this way? I remember going up and down, they like go slits. Up, up and down? Yeah, yeah, like alligators. Now some of them, the eyes are on the sides of the head, and some of them are more forward mm -hmm. like us. Mm -hmm. Did you see the video of the woman on the plane saying the person she was talking to was not real? Yeah, and that was probably it. That was probably a reptile. They do sh shift. And, I mean, and you, if somebody is possessed, like I said, if their consciousness is gone mm -hmm. and a reptile is possessing that body, mm -hmm. you could definitely – the eyes will change and things like that. You could see it. You could because see the eyes. because there's two two witnesses that have come out and said they saw this guy's eyes. And they said they were rep they were reptilian. And the mm -hmm. woman, from what I could tell, the, the the people around said that she was having a conversation with this guy, and he wasn't speaking. And I remember you saying earlier that uh, they talk to your mind. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Like telepathically? Yeah, telepathic. So a lot, I mean, a lot of the what you're describing as reptilian behavior seems to have a, occurred on this plane. And you mentioned again about the reptilians walking and giant sort of reptilians. Are you familiar with earlier this year about in uh, Las Vegas where a craft landed in, in this guy's yard and they, he said nine foot aliens start reptilian aliens start walking around. Did you, did you see that? I did. I did see that. Yes. Well, th to me, they're kind of, again, uh, they seem to be the same thing that you, you have described several times in this conversation so far. Yeah, they could have been, I mean, there's different species of reptile. There's not just one, but. Yeah, there's like a royal cast, and there's a working, and there's a military cast, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they're, they are everywhere. And um, their ships are being shot down, so their ship may have been, you know, hit, and maybe they had a, an emergency that, landing. Well, let's go, let's, let's go with that. Earlier when we had the balloon fiasco, then he said there was all sorts of things flying around. They were shooting down things. They wouldn't tell us what it was. was they, were they shooting down UFOs? I was told, yeah. I was told by the executive officer that you would see things like that in the news. You would see things like, uh, it looked like meteorites with like maybe silver or gold sparks flying behind it. And that maybe they would say it was like debris from a, a NASA craft that was coming down. And he said, no, that that was their ships, the reptilians and the grays and things like that were being shot down by solar water. Hmm. Well, it's amazing they. Um, it's amazing we have the technology to shoot down. You'd think they'd have like uh, some sort of super shield there, like Star Trek Enterprise. All right, so on our website, Daryl D. James, we have a poll question. The question is that people can take and have taken. Uh, does the U.S. have a secret space program? Eighty-three uh, percent say yes. Eleven um, percent say can't answer that, and five percent. We got five percent non-believers out there say there's no such thing as a secret space program. Well, we certainly have a space program now. You know, Trump Trump invented the Space Force, so I don't know if that's – does the Space Force qualify as – is that part of the the space program, the secret space program? Is that is that like the front – a front? Maybe. Well, maybe that is soft disclosure as well, a way to kind of slowly tell the people what's going on. But like I said, look up Gary McGinnon. I mean, he hacked into NASA, and he got a lot of files. And he got social security numbers from off-world officers. Which is basically what the program calls ETs. So ETs that were working directly for the United States Navy and this uh, Solar Warden and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, Solar Warden is a big uh, piece of evidence that people don't look at as far as the secret space program. Um, I mean, Gary McGinnon. I'm sorry, yeah, Gary McGinnon. Yeah, some pe- uh, people have come out and, and said that there are indeed alien ships down in, under in Area 51. Are those reptilian ships? Oh, probably. I, and I would say Area 51 is kind of like a cover to to hide something else. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a decoy. Because like mm-hmm. I said, as far as I was told, all these underground bases have, you know, direct contact with negative ETs. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, there's caverns deeper underground than the actual underground base where mm-hmm. there's reptiles and grays and things like that. I see Congress in the last couple of days have made statements and that they, they're wanting their U, the government's UFO information um uh, revealed and there's always a battle it's like getting revealing all the information from, from the uh, jfk's assassination you're never going to get it it seems like they're always going to be holding on to something and a lot of times man you do a, a, a freedom of information act request and they just don't even they just disregard that I, I don't know i don't think we'll ever get the truth but all right uh here's a question somebody just wrote in it says why did reptilians why do reptilians like molesting children and this person here says like they did me at age three at uh, Wright Patterson. So this person is claiming that they were molested by reptilians at age three at Wright Patterson. Yeah, it, it it causes um fragmentations in the personality. If they have like these beings, they can see further in the future. That you know they can see down time, tell a person's future. If you're going to be part of these programs, they'll do things to you where you're a child, so they could fragment your personality so you can handle this. So you won't, you know, it won't destroy you or take your own life. Mm-hmm. And it's not good either way, but I mean, it's a way to like fragment your personality. So mm-hmm. you'll have, you know, um, a multiple personality disorders. So mm-hmm. you'll be able to for, just forget these memories. And and that happens to people. I mean, um, and also it's it, there's something called louche, which is like a, a negative kind of emotion that we admit. And we admit a lot of it as children because children are so innocent. And it's something that like reptiles, they, they really don't feel like us. They they experience you know certain ex- feelings, but they they like experiencing fear of other uh, beings. 
they actually like almost feed not just the adrenochrome, but off of like the almost like a spiritual essence that we put off called mm-hmm. like louche, and mm-hmm. it's something that they feed off of. They, they yeah. that's why things like wars are kind of created. You know, there Earth Earth is like a big louche factory for them, a, a big negative emotion factory for for negative beings. It, it does it does seem that the aliens have some fascination uh, with humans and how they respond. Uh, you take fire in the sky movie uh, with the Travis Walton. They depict aliens sort of almost looking confused when Travis is screaming, you know, they kind of look at each other, you know, like, why is he screaming? Uh, there've been a number of uh, movies and another movie that I happen to like is called the missing. And in that movie, uh, aliens are taking kids and then they're doing a mind wipe on the parents. But this one woman they can't wipe her mind from her child. And she, she says, my child was taken. Everybody says, you're crazy. You never had one. They couldn't mind wipe her, so they had this fascination. That's what the movie's about. What is this bond between this woman and her child that she, they can't wipe her mind? How? What is the bond, the connecting thing? And they could, they wanted to know what that is. It does seem, and that seems to be an intransient thing, you know, uh, whether it's consciousness or feelings or something. They want to know what that is because evidently they don't have that capacity. So it seems like they are always studying this. Maybe that's why they're always doing orifice looking around so they can see what's down in there, see what's going on. All right, so um, is any of these aliens ever mentioned, or anybody you talk to ever mentioned the, a, a Bigfoot connection? I mean, I, I, people I've talked to, yeah, like it seems like Bigfoots, as far as what I know, just as people I've talked to in the community and stuff like that, are, yeah, they could somehow, they're from different dimensions and they maybe different planes of existence higher higher level of higher planes like i said like there's different densities and things like that they sound like beings that are just from like uh different planes higher planes of existence mm-hmm. not, not necessarily things that just live out in the woods but they can actually go mm-hmm. through portals and things like that mm-hmm. well i'm not saying i, I agree with everything you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good listener and, I, and I, I think your story is fascinating um but i would say for those that maybe have some doubt on what you're saying for so far we've had at least two of our regular Viewers to this show say that they were uh, attacked or molested by reptilians. So at least two, and they're here, and they're regular viewers. So my question is to the live chat: besides the two that said that they've had interactions with reptilians, is anybody else that's watching this show have you had any interaction, good or bad, with a reptilian or alien of any kind? Just put it in the live chat: yes or hell no. Or <laughs> why are you asking that question? What are you going to say? All right. Um, Here's another question. Now, this is kind of a good question here because you mentioned you, you actually brought up Trump, and I, I kind of segued Biden on that. But uh, are aliens concerned, or do they interfere with our elections? Well, I, I was told that the military did interfere with the elections, but only because Hillary Clinton interfered first. So they basically just stole it back from the Clintons. And I was told that um, <laughs> stole it yeah, back. Give it back. It back wow. Yeah. And I was told, like, um, first time presidents usually win the first time, but hardly any president wins the second time because people can't stand them the second time. So pretty much every president has been reelected. It's been fraudulent vote. The votes have been fraudulent for so long. And, yeah, I mean, the military is stepping in right now and fixing all that. But, yeah, I I was told ETs really don't bother us with things like that. They really don't consider us important enough. But I was told that uh, not just the U.S. military, but militaries all around the world are beginning to help us out with, things like elections, but I mean with everything right now, everything, the, the militaries around the world. Are okay. So, so you're, you, you're, you're speaking a little bit favorably toward the military industrial complex. Did they 
take back the 2020 election or they just let Biden have it? Or did he win fairly? Well, I, I mean, I, I think I, I was told about that and it was a variable that they weren't ready for with, you know, I told you there's like a 4% variable and it was just a variable that they weren't ready for. And maybe it does have something to do with, you know, you can't just, people weren't ready to accept it. And people hated Trump so much. They taught people to hate Trump so much that maybe they would have thought he was a dictator, even though he was trying to do something yeah. good for the people. So maybe, it, and now people are getting there. Everybody, can, nobody can stand Biden. I mean, nobody can stand him. And it, maybe, maybe the people will be ready next time around. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This person, because you, you heard my question earlier, the, the, another viewer said I was kidnapped at least four times. Now I don't know if, if they're saying they were kidnapped by reptilians uh, or not. Uh, some, but, but, but grumpy says, uh, he he uh he did a stripper from Canada sex with okay that okay grumpy okay look man all right looks like most people say no but anyway so maybe that's three right there so the odds are uh so what percent of the population do you think have has inter has been interfacing with aliens? I mean a lot. And I, I was, I, I don't know about how much, but I remember I asked Robert, the executive officer, I asked him, I said, uh, you know, why do you deal with, why, why do you, why do you do this? Why do you have people taken and enslaved, you know, by these, you know, reptiles and stuff and things like that? And he said that we have a contract. He said we signed a contract and we, and, you know, like I said, with ETs, contracts are very ironclad. And well, you can't see, get I, now we've had people in the show talk about those type of contracts starting maybe back in the Eisenhower days, but but then a few of them have said that they, they've reneged on those contracts. That Like, for instance, they, they used to have to tell us who they're taking and what, what they're doing to them and when they're going to return them, that type of thing. And then they said to just quit telling people, just start snagging them and stuff. Is, is that which, – which one – what's the truth on that? I would say yes, and I would say probably it did breach the contract. And I think probably because we are so like low technology compared to the rest of them, they feel like they can get away with it, but that attracts the attention of, you know, the higher, higher, higher beings like night density beings, which I guess maybe you would consider kind of like angels and they kind of get in the way and they interfere when things like that positive beings, when they see, you know, uh, one group of beings being, you know, just bullied and, and just uh, cheated by another group of beings, they will step in, especially when it goes against contracts. Hmm. Uh, grumpy. I just playing around with you, brother. Um, by the way, we've got a cl- clarification on that. Uh, being ab- uh, abducted four times was from an insectoid. Now, in my opinion, there are old James. The insectoids are even nastier because they got these like claw-looking things. You know, I mean, who wants to see that? I mean, I mean, it seems like reptilians got some. You know, like they might have claws, but at least they're kind of like finger type. So, w- w- in, in what's in the hierarchy? Where where are the insectoids as compared to the reptilians? I, like in, insectoids are uh, the mantises I met. I met ma- mantises on Mars, and they were very. They had a good sense of humor. You could, you could tell a joke, and you can get them laughing. Most ETs they wouldn't laugh, and they had like a weird kind of hissing cockroach kind of laugh. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm laughing. They, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, they seemed they were very decent. As long as you treat them decently, they would. They're one of the first ones I saw that invited you into their home, asked you to sit down, asked if you wanted something to eat. They were very cordial, I guess, very human-like in that sense. They so if you're getting abducted by an insectoid, tell them a joke? Yeah, just tell them a joke, yeah. But, I mean, there's so many of them because they are insects. They're also uh, 
mercenaries too. So, mm. you know, that there's just so many of them and not all are good and not all are bad, but I would say overall, they're pretty decent. The ones I met. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Hey, uh, but Yahweh says, uh, why do ETs mutilate cows and such? And there's been some very recent mutilations going on too. I mean, maybe that has to something to do with the adre- with the adrenaline. I've heard the drones and things like that kind of make a concoction. Now, this isn't firsthand knowledge, but I've heard that with the blood and the the different maybe adrenaline and stuff like that. And they can just rub it on their skin and it absorbs through their skin. But I'm not a hundred percent on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something off of our off of our. Uh... A rumble channel was we have a different chat going on over there it says if the firmament has been proved by the military and the moon is merely a projected image could all of your experience have been exactly like outer space a reality existing only in your mind i mean yeah of course i mean I, and i thought about that too but i i mean like i said i probably would have just blew this off as just false memories but i was told you know by a person and you know an actual the captain in the navy a captain in the navy then this did happen to me and you and you can attest to the captain's sanity yeah yeah i mean well i even asked him because he said he was you know uh, age regressed 17 or 18 times and it does psychological damage to you and i said well how often you get a psyche valve and he said every two weeks he said he got a psyche valve like every two weeks because he was age regressed so many times all right uh getting uh, almost to the end of the program says um what who are making the crop circles Oh gosh, I, I I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's some sort of a code that they're trying to send out. Maybe yeah, that messaging. seems that seems pretty antiquated stuff. A crop circle. I mean, you think you know in this digital age and all the technology that you're talking about seems like yeah. a crop circle is like a some kind of throwback. Or maybe it's kids, you know, pushing down wheat fields with a board like this. You go, go, <laughs> go, you go with the boards. Go maybe the board. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um. What would you believe will happen to you when you go to sleep for the last time? Oh, wow. I hope I get to meet, you know, all my friends and family and things like that. You know, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I know there's a consciousness Mm -hmm. and I know there is a, you know, an afterlife of sorts. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, that's what I hope. You mentioned, you mentioned the first hour, somebody asked a question, if you're a Christian, I, I don't judge people's when they make that claim at all, far be it from me, but uh, a lot of people claim that they sort of have an experience of some sort, of, like to meet Jesus, or uh, they have a overwhelming feeling of, of change, or their life changes instantly. Did you have any of those, or was, or was it sort of a gradual thing where you just kind of came to accept, well, he, he must be out there? Well, I mean, it, it was I was raised as a Christian, but like I said, when you get into these programs, you realize it's a lot more spiritual than you you didn't realize. It's a lot less Star Trek and a lot more spiritual. It's a lot less technology and things like that, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more spiritual. And as I said, like this executive officer told me that one of the first things people ask for once they get looking glass technology is to see Christ, mm-hmm. and that's you know they're not allowed to step through the looking glass and interfere. But they can watch it almost like a, you know, like a mirror. Do they get to see Christ? Yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. Did you see Christ? No, not that I, not that I remember. So is is basis for your Christianity on the testimony from others who did see Christ? Well, I'm basing my Christianity off, you know, and saying the name of Jesus Christ really made this reptile 
follow whatever I, I told him to do. He was under my command, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. And that's pretty powerful whenever you witness something like that personally. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, that's really, I mean, that's evidence as far as I'm concerned. And I, and I, you know, I mean, there's different things on the internet and YouTube where people who work, you know, are TikTok and all this stuff, where people who work in underground bases are told they're not allowed to say Jesus Christ. They can't say that because, oh, okay, and I'm guessing okay, because this, this is, you know, to me, it's kind of an interesting angle on, on, on a profession of Christianity. So, um, you do realize there's a scripture that says not everyone that calls me or says Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so you've said you've said his name, but it seems to me what Christ, when he said that, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, tells me there's something else that is indicative of whether or not a person actually knows him. Uh, so, I mean, are you sure, based on that, Jesus saying that, are you sure that you have got past just saying the name Lord Jesus to get out of the alien abduction to an actual receiving him in your heart, sort of making him uh, the Lord of your life and, and searching his word to find out more about him. Well, I mean, I, I have further to go, you know what I mean? I, I'm not trying to say I, you know, I'm perfect. In no, we all do. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, is that is, I'm surprised myself that I'm not born again just because of, of seeing that. And it kind of it kind of shocks me. Like, why, why aren't I, you know, more involved, you know, in, in religion and things like that after witnessing things like that and after being told that, you know, his name holds power and things like that. And, yeah, I'm I'm you know, I'm only human. And maybe this is just a, a, maybe that was a path and maybe I'm heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know. I, I, I'll have to see where it goes from here. But as I said, seeing that firsthand and seeing it take effect like that was very powerful. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was powerful. I tell so I so you've that. never said anything like Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Like I believe that you were, were born again. Were you raised from the dead for my sins? Have you ever said anything like that? Mm, no, I mean, I, I, well, I, I, I pray before I go to bed sometimes okay. and things like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to put you on my prayer list because if you're not if you're not really born again or saved, I'm, we're going to pray you right up in there, man. So you got some people. I'm sure the people watching the show will pray for you too, just to, just in case. Hey, I'm always checking my own salvation too, there, uh, Daryl. So don't don't think I'm sitting over here thinking I'm I'm high and mighty because I've got my own baggage to carry but uh, i do try to follow after christ and, and and learn more about him and make him the lord of my life well listen uh, daryl we're here at the end of the program uh man what a fascinating story uh, i had no idea the the uh, detail that you brought uh to the show uh, concerning what's happened to you uh anything you'd like to say in the final moments i mean no just that I, I would I would have hope. I mean, I, I was told by that executive officer that things are going to change and things are going to become much better. We're going to be given technology, things like disabilities, children, things like that are going to be a thing of the past. And he said it's going to happen in my lifetime. And, you know, an economy that's going to be so strong that you're going to be able to pay off a brand new car in six months and pay off a house in four years. Mm. So it's going to be better than the 50s, I was told. Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's going to be wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's kind of the opposite of what the Bible says, talking about the Great Tribulation, so we better better check out check all our facts. I was told thousand years of peace and beyond. Yeah, thousand years. All right, hey (laughs) Daryl, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. Okay, Daniel, you're welcome. welcome. I'll talk again. All right, bye. Good night.